And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Our Line Starts. Lee McHugh, Patrick Sharp, Keith Jones. We are going to go through all of the qualifying round matchups and preview all those. We'll break them all down in just a bit, but there certainly have been a few recent large developments. It sounds at this point like could be on the verge of an official announcement. Could be by this weekend. Things concerning return to play, hub cities, and a new CBA. Now, a lot of this is still an if because negotiations between the NHL and the NHLPA are ongoing. But let's start with some specific news and something we've been waiting for, right? The announcement of hub cities. It certainly looks like at this point, according to all reports, we are down to two. We have them, and they are now Edmonton and Toronto. Vegas, we thought was a front runner, but of course, because public safety, public health, and spikes in COVID. It appears that we're going to get two cities in Canada and my two Canadian friends, this news broke on Canada Day, no less. So let's start there. These hub cities and your reaction to them. Keith Jones, start with you. Well, I think it works, Liam. I I do think uh, a lot of it had to do with what you just mentioned with some of the U.S. cities spiking with uh, more coronavirus cases and Edmonton and Toronto have both done a very good job. They're both great cities. They're both great hockey towns. Uh, But most importantly, right now, there's less virus around. And I think that's obviously advantageous for both of those marketplaces. Um, I think it works because one's in the Western time zone and one's in the Eastern. And one's not even that far West. It's uh, more a little bit closer to the East Coast than uh, than some teams like Vegas would be or L.A. But um, I, I do think that there's advantages to be in, in the Eastern Conference with Eastern Conference teams playing there. And it certainly works for television because we're going to have games on all day long. And if you're starting out West, you're not starting at 9 a.m. You have a chance to start, you know, at probably 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I think that's better as well. So uh, I think they made great choices. And I think both cities stood out as being uh, – safe places to be right now. Yeah, and as a player, guys, I don't think it really matters what city you're going to. Uh, Yeah, Edmonton and Toronto are in the playoffs. I guess they're going to be in their home cities, but they're expected to be in the bubble as well. They're not going to be at their homes, living their normal life uh, with this huge home ice advantage. So I think league did a good job of finding two places that are certainly capable of hosting all these teams. There's going to be a lot of rinks, a lot of ice availability. And again, from a player standpoint, it's, your hotel room, it's the conference room with your team for, or the meal room, whatever you want to call it, and it's on the bus uh, to your locker room to play a game. It's going to be very isolated, I'm assuming, and um, I'm looking forward to see how it all turns out. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, it looks like Toronto will be the east, and obviously Edmonton would be the west. And yeah, they would be home cities, but they're in the same situation. They're all in the bubble. And Sharpie, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, it, it has, in some ways, without the fans, just this world championship feel, right? As a player, uh, and... You mentioned players kind of embrace this, right? Yeah, I think so. It's different for everybody. I mean, nobody really knows what to expect. We can talk about it. You can plan it out all you want. Guys are skating, preparing to play. But really, we don't know how this is all going to play out until we see it on on television. I'm excited to be covering it. I love how it's East and West. Jonesy makes a great point. That makes it a lot easier for 
for players. They're not starting games at 9 a.m. to accommodate yeah. to other people in different time zones. So I'm excited about it. I think the players will be happy to get going and playing. And once that puck drops, you know, it's, it's kind of like the build-up towards an outdoor game, to be quite honest with you. All the different elements, you don't know how it's all going to play out. And then as soon as that puck drops, the focus gets right down on the ice and it's hockey business as usual. So I'm excited to see hockey back. Uh, and Liam, I would just, the one thing I would add is I don't think coaches have ever been more important than what they're going to be during this, uh, these circumstances. I mean, the players are going to be looking for leadership. They're going to be looking for a lot of different direction. They're going to be looking for someone that's going to be, you know, making sure that they're focused on the game plan, uh, making sure that they have one, making sure that they're ready to go under these adverse circumstances. It's going to be a really, a demanding job from head coaches and their assistant coaches around the league to try to get these guys energized, motivated, uh, whatever it takes to go out there and try to win a Stanley Cup. And you've got to be ready when this thing starts. So uh, coaches have a real big task here. And I know they've been doing a lot of thinking about exactly how they're going to approach this when things really start to get going in the next couple of weeks. You know, I think you talk about energy, you talk about motivation and really the sense of urgency. And that exists right now because they're not just negotiating return to play, but as I mentioned, negotiating a CBA. And that's a whole lot of elements to negotiate and try to fit in to try to make all of this work. And it seems like from reports, both sides seem to grasp and realize the situation that we're all in and the economic situation and the impacts it's had. And revenue is clearly being impacted and will continue to be impacted for the foreseeable future. So the idea is to mitigate that, to spread it out, and to have potentially a fixed salary cap at what's been reported $81.5 million. So to fix that, but also because of that, other things are being negotiated as well. And one of the things that we're seeing reported is the idea that the players again pushed to be back in the Olympics, and it looks like the potential looks like that is going to happen, which, I mean, I don't even have to ask it. I know it's, it's good news for us, and I think it's good news for the fans, Sharpie. Yeah, it's great news for the fans. I know a lot of the players wanted to play as well. My question is, is there not enough to do with the NHL and the NHLPA offices right now with the logistics of coming back to play that they've got time to put a new CBA together? If they're willing to do it from both sides, that's great news for us, the fans, because you look around professional sports, there's some other leagues that are struggling with work and labor peace. And if the NHL can come to terms, not only to come back and play, finish the season, award the Stanley Cup, but solidify a CBA for years to come. Uh, that'll be an impressive a task to get that done. But you mentioned the Olympics. I think it's a no-brainer that we send our best athletes to the biggest show globally, and that's the Olympic Games. You know, I think of all the great moments that you've seen. Whatever country you're from, there's great moments ingrained in your brain um, watching hockey growing up. I think of the Czech Republic winning uh, the, the Olympics. How about Dominic Hasek? I mean, there's kids in the Czech that, that dream of those moments. The Hall of Fame class that just went in. I watched Kim St. Pierre, the women's goaltender, play well in Olympics, winning gold medals. Jerome Ginla, all the great moments he had wearing the Hockey Canada jersey. TJ Oshie in this past Russian Olympics a couple years ago. Uh, it's, it's a huge stage. You want the best competition there. The fact that they're even talking about this with upcoming CBA negotiations, I think it's a good thing, and I hope it gets done. Well, I, I agree, Sharpie, and the Olympics would be an awesome bonus for all of us and at NBC also, as Liam just mentioned, too. It would be a lot better than the last Olympic hockey that we covered. Obviously, we want to see the best in the world play against one another. So 
that would be awesome. The fact that they're pulling all this together, it just seems remarkable to me based, based upon how contentious negotiations have been in the past with CBA uh, arguments and how long things have been drawn out and how many lockouts we've had and, and how many um, and how many times the players have went on strike. I mean, the, the history has not been great between both sides. So this is very impressive. And I have to give both sides a lot of credit if they're, they somehow manage to get all of this done uh, admits what we're dealing with all around us. I, I, I think that would be incredibly great news. And uh, fingers are crossed on that one. Very hopeful that that is what happens. And uh, if it is, then I'm extremely impressed. I think it's big picture. It's awesome news for the NHL. I know the, yeah, the players want it. Uh, the fans want it. Obviously, we NBC want it. But I think it's good for the game as well. You mentioned TJ Oshie. Uh, I've spoken to him a few times about his experience in Sochi, and it is good for the game because TJ Sochi, TJ Sochi, uh, as there as you go, <laughs> known as. I, I mean, this is a guy who I think NHL fans do, but he became like a global, international superstar overnight, and ultimately that is good for the game, and it is good for the league. I uh, want to go into a few other things here, and one is timeline. Uh, looks like phase three could be pushed back to July 13th before July 10th. That shouldn't push everything else back because then after that, it looks like you're talking about July what 25th to arrive July 27th, 28th in that region for a exhibition and then August 1st to play games. Also of note is that players can choose to opt out of the return to play. Don't have to really have a specific reason. Want to get your reaction to that, Jonesy? Smart. I mean, it's the way it should be. And if there's a player that's uncomfortable, uh, maybe an example would be his wife's pregnant and, get, and due to have a baby at any at any time. Maybe there's three other kids at home and there's a lot of responsibilities that that player has. Under these circumstances, he should be permitted to stay home. So I don't think there's going to be a whole bunch of guys that elect to do that. But I do think there's there could be a handful of players that – uh, that would apply to, and and it should be uh, written in there. So I, I think that's a, a another great thing that would be negotiated in, and it's something that absolutely should be in there, especially if there's some, maybe there's diabetes, or, you know, who knows what the what the underlying issues might be. But uh, obviously, players in the NHL are human beings, and they all have different things that uh, could affect their decision on why they would return. It just not. goes to show you. It just goes to show you how much a thought is involved in putting these decisions together. I mean, if you're a player packing up to leave for home, what do you say? I might be back in seven to 10 days, or I could see in a couple months, depending on the success of the team. So unique circumstances for sure, but uh, we'll see how it all plays out down the road. Well, you guys in the league for a long time. Players plan on uh, having babies July, August. Is that something that goes on? Yeah, I, I probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? I think they'd rather not. I think you'd rather have one come out in January in the middle of the season so you don't have to be home when that baby's crying for the first couple of months. I think that Jonesy says more always, about you. Really, Jonesy yeah. always tried to plan it for end of August, September, so he could get out of some of the fitness testing and training camp, I'm sure. You know it. My, my daughter was born <laughs> on Christmas Day, so you figure the planning out on that one. But uh, uh, Well, yeah, well, you're off on that day, and you're like, oh, back to work. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Kids spoiled. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, uh, I mean, it, it appears like we're getting closer. I mean, and, you know, just 
for you too, I mean, are you amazed a little bit at everything that has to be done and everything that he's getting done and the collaboration we are seeing at this point, Sharpie? Yeah, I'm amazed at it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, just when you think you've got it all figured out, you've got all the news from all the reliable sources and you think you know what's going to happen, there's a whole nother ball of wax that you got to think of, another bound of issues that are coming down the pipe that, that you got to think about. And I just think uh, how unique this is going to be, how awesome it's going to be. I'm watching some Premier League soccer on NBC, and it's kind of cool how they're doing, uh, kind of shading the crowd, playing some fan noise for the game. The yeah. game on TV looks great. So I'm excited to see how what our game's going to look like, what these playoffs are going to be like. Uh, the buildings are going to be empty. I know that's kind of an eerie feeling sometimes for a player, but I'm sure it's all going to work out cool and look uh, pretty special on TV. Jonesy, final thought? Uh yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really curious to see how the players uh, handle it all. And as Sharpie just mentioned, the, the fact that they're playing without fans in the stands, it's, there's going to be an adjustment. It's going to take some time, but they're professionals, and I think they'll figure it out pretty quickly. But it will be a strange feeling for those guys when they step on the ice, look around, and see a bunch of empty seats. They're not used to that. So yeah. uh, it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun to watch and see where it, where it takes us. All right, it looks like we're getting closer and we could have an announcement, an official announcement in the very near future about return to play and about the CBA. So exciting times. Can't wait to see hockey. Can't wait to see this new tournament. Uh, and coming up next, we're going to preview the qualifying round and we will begin with the Eastern Conference. Stay with us. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. should be really excited as a group. Here's Hughes giving it across. Oh, what a save! Made by Hart! No more excuses. We're getting an opportunity to go out there and prove that we're a good team. Washington Capitals. All the elements are there for this team to have success. Again. Keep our eye on Ovi this year. Kuznetsov for throw. That's drive! He's Left circle centered and Ross 
36 save shutout. The Bruins are the first to 100 points. Back here on the special NHL Live as we take a look at the Eastern Conference and this expanded postseason format. The top four teams will have a bind to what would be the normal first round. They will, however, play a round robin to determine those seeds one through four. Cue the Blues in Boston. As for the matchups, the best of five play-in series, the Pens are going to take on the Canadians. Both New York teams are in. The Rangers match up with the Kings. The Islanders get the Panthers. And then finally, it'll be the Maple Leafs against the Blue Jackets. Guys, let's start with the Pens and the Canadians. So these two teams, biggest point differential between opponents. And what's interesting, considering what we learned tonight, is that both of these teams are still in the mix, technically, to land the number one overall pick and potentially draft Alexi Lafreniere. It's been an interesting night already. But let's focus on this series, because I think if you sense any uneasiness from fans in Pittsburgh, it's the fact that you've got a short series and you have to go against Carey Price in net. That being said, Sharpie, expectations for Pittsburgh here. I think Pittsburgh's not looking past Montreal, but they've got their sights set on going on a deep playoff run. Now, this break couldn't have come at a better time for the Penguins. They were scuffling a little bit. I feel as if their veteran players, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, were gearing up for a big playoff run in April. Well, things have changed. Time uh, settled down a little bit. Jake Gensel's had some time to heal. Jason Zucker, the acquired winger at the trade deadline, is going to feel a lot more comfortable in Pittsburgh. There's a lot of options up front. Let's not forget Patrick Marlowe was added as a depth forward as well. They got two strong goaltenders in a core group that's been there and done that. And now Montreal's getting a second chance here making the playoffs. And if you've got Carey Price, you got to feel good about your chances in a short series. Yeah, you're going to really rely on them, though. All the reasons that you just gave about the Penguins, their health being the number one reason. It's going to be a scary team coming at Carey Price. And Montreal is going to have to battle as a major underdog. But they have the benefit of a shorter series. And that's where Carey Price can really step up his game and give the Canadians a chance to beat out a Penguins team that I agree with you, Sharpie, I think is uh, set and ready for a long playoff run, but they got to get past a pest or get past a pesky Montreal Canadiens team with price and goal. Mark Bergeron's basically said a lot of it's on price, but it's not all on price. Is it all on price? I, I think it is, Liam. I, I think that Montreal as a team that works extremely hard, that's great news for them and can cause a lot of disruption in front of Carey Price and in front of the other net. But Carey Price is going to be extremely busy against a really talented Pittsburgh Penguins team. Okay, go back to last year, Crosby and company. They were swept in the first round by the Islanders. The Islanders then in turn were swept by Carolina in the second round. Now you fast forward to this year. Rod Brindamore not exactly thrilled with this format, probably not thrilled with his opponent considering the Rangers swept them during the regular season. Jonesy, because of that and because of the way they finished, the Rangers are a very trendy pick here to take out the Canes. If you believe in the Canes, why should you? Uh, their work ethic, and we watched it last year. We wanted to write them off all season long, and before you knew it, they were battling through playoff round after playoff round. They are a team that plays the same way on a nightly basis, and that's got to make Rod Brindamore feel great. They've got talent. Sebastian Ajo's a terrific player, racking up the points this year before the break, and Svechnikov continued to find ways to produce offensively. So they're dangerous in that regard, but they're going to have their hands full against this Rangers team, and big reason the Rangers are trending is this guy right here. Panarin was phenomenal during the regular season, MVP-type year, and Zibanejad, I think, and I've argued a couple of different times with Mike Milbury that he is their most important player. 
Well, the Rangers have a lot going in the right direction, including fighters return, Sharpie. Yeah, Zibanejad was really impressive to me, especially when the season was put on pause. It looked like he was going to challenge Alex Ovechkin, David Pasternak, and Austin Matthews right up there for the goals scoring race. He was on fire, plays a good 200-foot game. Chris Kreider coming back as well. But to me, guys, there's a huge question mark in net, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. The Rangers have three goaltenders that I'm sure they'd feel comfortable starting, Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Shea Storkin. Let's remember that Igor Shea Storkin comes up from Hartford of the American Hockey League late in the season, kind of establishes himself as the guy that's going to get the bulk of the starts down the stretch. Now that we're in a playoff series, guys, I think the whole dynamic changes. I'm glad I'm not making a decision, but you've got the veteran there and Henrik Lundqvist, who has great numbers against the Carolina Hurricanes. But to me, if you're David Quinn and the New York Rangers coaching staff, you got to figure these guys out one, two, and three. You better slot them because there's a chance that you might need to see them in the playoffs, all three of them. Yeah, some numbers we don't have on there. Henrik Lundqvist, 128 playoff games. The other guys, a combined zero. Jonesy, who would you start? Shea Storkin would be starting in goal for me. I think he's their best goaltender. I would have Lundqvist backing up if he faltered at all. I would have Lundqvist back in the goal, but I'd go with the guy that was terrific in the games that he played and the guy that the Rangers were leaning to as their number, not leaning, they were making him their number one netminder and deservedly so. All right, let's move on to the Islanders and the Panthers. We have a couple of coaches who have captured the cup. You have Barry Trotz, you have Joel Quenville. Barry Trotz, he seems to love this format, says it's fantastic. There's parity in this game. It's going to be unpredictable. Sharpie, what else should Barry Trotz be happy about as he enters into this next round? Well, he's going to test his style of play against a team in the Florida Panthers that has a very different one. Watching the Panthers play throughout the regular season, they're a team that I'm not sure if the coaching staff was excited about it, but they would trade chances with you, give a couple chances up defensively in order to counter. That's something that's going to have to change if you're playing against the New York Islanders and a Barry Trotz coach team. Look, I love Matt Barzell. He's the offensive force to this team, but the success of the New York Islanders are that they are a team-first, defensive-oriented group that really clogs up the neutral zone and slows down the transition of the opposition. That's the strength of the Florida Panthers. Look at Casey Sezikis getting in on the forecheck. He's usually centering that fourth line that we often see start periods, end periods, really shift the momentum. And a big veteran defender in Johnny Boychuk's going to be back. We know about that shot on the back end. We talk about Carey Price in Montreal. What about Sergei Bobrovsky? I think he's going to have to have a big series if they want to get by the New York Islanders. Yeah, if you're trading chances, you better have a goaltender come up with huge saves. And Bobrovsky has done that in the past. He did it for a number of seasons in Columbus where he won a couple of Vesna trophies. But he has not played that well with a team that does not play as well defensively like Columbus did in front of him. So Bobrovsky's an extremely talented netminder who did not look comfortable for much of the season. If he can find his form, uh, that would go a long way in helping him. But they're going to have to defend better and give him a little help in front of him as well. Bobrovsky is an outstanding netminder that hasn't had a whole lot of help this season as well. Finally, the last play-in series in the Eastern Conference. It's Bobrovsky's former team, Columbus Blue Jackets against Toronto. Jonesy, does this feel like skill against grit to you? It does, but the Maple Leafs uh, should have learned some valuable lessons over the last couple of playoff series uh, losses that they had against the Boston Bruins. I think the Leafs are a much grittier team now. I think they have very good leadership, and it wouldn't shock me to see the Maple Leafs lift the Stanley Cup at the end of all this. It's going to be difficult. It's a great test to start with Columbus, but Columbus is not going to sneak up on the Toronto Maple Leafs after what they did to Tampa last year. Too much skill in that Maple Leafs lineup. 
youth is on their side, and I think they're going to take advantage of that against Columbus that continues to work harder than anybody in the league. Yeah, we know what to expect from this Columbus Blue Jackets team. It's Josh Anderson getting in people's faces. Seth Jones coming back. We know how important he is on the back end along with his buddy Zach Wierenski. Those guys are out there for half the game each, and they make such a difference in both ends of the ice. Look, Columbus is a team that's been injured all season long. The name tags have been replaced. It didn't, doesn't really matter who's in that lineup. The one constant thing about the Blue Jackets team is they're going to play hard, they're going to play fast, and they're going to work relentlessly throughout a playoff series. John Tortorella is going to do his job as far as motivating these guys in a playoff series. We remember what happened last year when they took on the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is an interesting series. I think it's much closer than people think. I like the Maple Leafs as well, but boy, this is a, a tough team to play against in the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, we know the matchups in the East. We still don't know where the top pick in the draft is headed. And up next, we're going to look to the West. The defending champs followed it up with a remarkable regular season. Can they pick up where they left off? And what's the most star-studded series? Now he feeds the middle. Carlson, backhand score! Beautiful roof job! Patrick Will Carlson! A shot off the crossbar! it off for McKinnon into the circle. McKinnon down low. Shot. He scores! Trying to get through with the shot. He scores! The Avs have won! Blues come back the other way. They score! They've had incredible win streaks this year. They've been dominant, and their team looks as good as ever. We broke it down the East. Here's a look at the West when play resumes. You have St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. They'll go round robin for the top four seeds. As for the play-in matchups, it's Oilers, Blackhawks, Coyotes against the Preds. Minnesota will match up against Vancouver, and Calgary will take on Winnipeg. Let's start with, let's face it, I mean, I think when this all came out, the sexiest matchup that we saw was that Chicago Blackhawks-Edmonton Oilers matchup. And now when you consider the idea that the loser of that is now thrown into the pool to potentially land the number one overall pick and maybe could add Alexi Lafreniere. Great. Let's just make it a little bit more intriguing. Why don't we? It's, it's, it's one of those that stands out, jumps out at you on paper because Sharpie, it feels like there's a chance that we could get postseason pond hockey. Do you see that? I, I feel it's coming. And these are two teams that have star power in today's game. And you could look at the four, Stars of this series, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid on one side, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and all eyes are going to be on those four players. They make such a difference to their teams respectively. The seasons that McDavid and especially Leon Dreisaitl had from start to finish were incredible, carrying the Edmonton Oilers on their backs to a playoff berth. Yes, they've gotten better defensively, but let's not kid ourselves. Those two players make a huge difference. And what are the Stanley Cup playoffs in Chicago without huge moments from this guy, Patrick Kane? Jonathan Taves had a great year as well. Jonesy, I'm looking at this series as being high scoring, back and forth, lots of offense. It'll be a fun one to watch. Yes, it will. I'm, I, I want to work all those games, actually, because it will be a tremendous hockey to watch. There will be a ton of goals. There's a ton of offensively gifted players. And I think Dave Tippett's a very good defensive-minded coach. He's had a lot of time to figure out some ways to slow down some of those guys in the Hawks uniform as well. So it should be a very interesting matchup, but a fun series to watch. Let's move on to Arizona and Nashville. And when we discussed this before, this idea of guys with things to prove, 
came up. Jonesy, who are you looking at when it comes to the Coyotes? Well, Phil Kessel's proven it in Pittsburgh. He would go a long way in cementing his uh, career by proving it with the Arizona Coyotes. Phil's done a great job whenever the playoffs have rolled around and was instrumental in helping the Penguins win a couple of Stanley Cups. Been relatively quiet in Arizona, but Rick Tockett has always done a good job of unlocking Phil's game at the uh, most opportune moments. So I look forward to watching him try to raise another Stanley Cup. It'd be a huge challenge with Arizona. Taylor Hall's the one guy, though, Sharpie's got a lot to prove and has a lot on the uh, line being an unrestricted free agent at the end of all this. Yeah, what an opportunity for Taylor Hall to rise his stock a little bit here in a play-in series. You mentioned Phil Kessel. He's been there, done that with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, Crosby and Malkin, now he's got Taylor Hall and Clayton Keller, Connor Garland, those guys to try to make a playoff run. Look, Arizona's not a team that's going to wow you with star power. They've got some great talent. They're a team that relies on structure, defense first. They'll grind you. They'll come at you for an entire playoff series. Arizona is one of those teams that was fighting to make the playoffs at the end. Now they get a chance to have this play-in series. This will be a tight one, too. Nashville's a team with a lot of talent and a roster loaded with guys who probably have something to prove here in the postseason. But there's also a big question in goal. You know, we talked about Lundqvist before, used to talking about him in the terms of Vezina and being a big-time postseason performer. You know what, Pecorino, we used to talking about him in the Vezina conversation and being a postseason performer, but now it's between him and UC Soros, and you see the numbers during the season, they would tend to favor Soros, but there it is again, career playoff starts, 89 for Pecorino, and none for Soros. So, who would you go with? Best of five series, you feel like you have to make a big decision, you have to make the right decision right away. Jonesy, who would you start? I would start Soros. Uh, I think a lot of it, if I was John Hines, would depend on how both goaltenders look immediately. I think practice is going to be really important. I, I think they're going to have to show the head coach that they're ready to go. But Soros has been the better goaltender this year, and Pecorino has not played well over the last couple of playoff uh, series that he's performed in. So I would lean to the rookie early and then quickly get to Pecorino if he falters. But uh, that's the guy that I would go with. And it's a nice luxury to have, I think, isn't it, guys, to have multiple options at the goaltender position, much like the New York Rangers. These teams, Nashville, New York, the coaching staff know the players. They know the goaltenders. A lot's going to be figured out in training camp. Who's looking like they deserve that start? It certainly looks like Soros took the number one job over down the stretch from Nashville, but with 89 starts to zero in the playoffs, Pekka to UC Soros. I wouldn't fault the Nashville Predators if Pekka started game one. I mean, there's a lot to work out. I like Pekka. He's had a lot of success against me in my career. UC Saros is the up-and-comer. you got two good options there, and we'll see how it all plays out. Let's move on to the Wild against Vancouver. The Wild, a resilient team all season long. But, Jonesy, you believe Vancouver a very tough out in this situation. Why? I think they're a really pesky team, and I think they have an outstanding goaltender. And Jacob Markstrom has really developed into a top-notch netminder. Vancouver plays well in front of them. They've got young, talented players like Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser, who should be healthy and ready to go. They added Tyler Toffoli. They've got a very strong and gritty defensive core in front of them. And I think that there's a lot to like about Vancouver, including their grittiness, and that's something Minnesota's going to have to match up. Much like Travis Green as a head coach when he played the game, uh, head coach the Vancouver Canucks, very gritty player in your face. Vancouver resembles that attitude. And Minnesota, they found their way in the playoffs yet again with this core group. Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, Eric Stahl, 
Here's some older names, been around the NHL a long time, have done a lot in their individual careers. Perhaps this is the last time as a core group in Minnesota that they have a crack to, t to have some success in the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs a ton, these guys, so it's a matter of time before they can win a few rounds. This is a close series, too. I like Markstrom and Nett. I like this young core of Vancouver. They're up and coming. They're an exciting team to watch. Another, another close series. Other series in the West, obviously, is Calgary and Winnipeg. Ottawa, the only team from Canada to miss the playoffs, and they did not have a good night here at the draft lottery. Again, it's sort of a mystery to see who is going to get that top overall pick. It's one of the teams in the qualifying round that is going to lose in that play-in round. An interesting, different, unique draft lottery. Jonesy, your final thoughts on it? Crazy. It's just absolutely crazy, but a lot to look forward to when those 16 qualifying teams go at it. Somebody who loses is going to be very happy a few weeks later. There's no doubt about that. It certainly Jeremy. takes the sting, Liam, it certainly takes the sting out of losing that play-in series. If you're going to have a crack at that number one pick, with all that's at stake, Alexi Lafreniere looks like the real deal. What a prize, that number one.